Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Rick Amorati's got sports. Chill friend holding it down as always. Glad you're part of the show. Wrapping up what's a great week. Steve Cortez, David Sear. It's been a great week. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank them. Obviously, the guys on the show. Most of all, thank you, the, uh, the audience, for another great week. Make sure you follow us on social media. At LFS6B on Facebook, on Twitter, on Getter. She is subscribed to the podcast. Most important thing you can do is subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you get each and every episode downloaded on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's um, Apple iTunes or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify. Great way to stay in touch with the show if you ever miss it on uh, Getter or on Real America's Voice. You can listen to it on, uh, on the podcast. So subscribe to the podcast wherever you uh, do your podcasting. So, uh, Slick Rick. How are you? Good evening. <laughs> How are you, Slick Rick? I'm feeling good. I'm another five richer. <laughs> feeling feeling good is isn't the word, Damon. He's wearing a sheer skin shirt underneath that jacket. That's it. I went out and bought new digs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're gonna get to what happened today in the news, but there. I mean, yes, right there. They Geo read my mind. I mean, there's just something going on here. There's just. I mean, I don't know. I got to get to the bottom of it. I have to get to the bottom of it because. I mean, I was just never in the game, never in the game. So I don't know. All right. Slick Rick's going to have sports. Uh, Rick Delgado, how are you? I am good. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm ready to rock, as they say. All right. Very good. Lots <laughs> got, to talk I got, about. Got a, um, what even is that later, too? Yeah. What Ooh, even is that tonight? Nice. Odds makers tonight. Lots to do on the show. Slick Rick will eventually lose all of that money to me. I guarantee <laughs> it. But uh, obviously not last night. No. Thanks to uh, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. God, he sucks. Um, <laughs> well, I had a I had a whole direction for the show until this afternoon happened. Um, cut zero G until we got this announcement. Roll. Yeah. I'm here today to announce the appointment of a special counsel in connection with two ongoing criminal investigations that have received significant public attention. The first, as described in court filings in the District of Columbia, is the investigation into, into whether any person or entity unlawfully interfered with the transfer of power following the 2020 presidential election or the certification of the Electoral College vote 
held on or about January 6, 2021. The second is the ongoing investigation involving classified documents and other presidential records, as well as the possible obstruction of that investigation, referenced and described in court filings in a pending matter in the Southern District of Florida. I'm joined today by Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, Matthew Graves, and Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division, Kenneth Polite. Assistant Attorney General for National Security, Matthew Olson, could not be here. He is currently in Germany, representing the department at the G7 Home Affairs and Security Ministerial. Yeah, U.S. Attorney Graves has been ably leading the investigations into the events leading up to and on January 6. He and dozens of assistant U.S. attorneys and other prosecutors have taken on the monumental task of conducting over 900 prosecutions in defense of our democratic institutions. Criminal Division prosecutors under the able leadership of Assistant Attorney General Polite have played a significant role in those prosecutions. Assistant Attorney General Olson has been ably leading the team responsible for investigating the matter involving classified documents and other presidential records, as well as the possible obstruction of that investigation. All of the career prosecutors assigned to these matters are conducting their work in the best traditions of the Department of Justice. <clears throat> I also want to recognize the efforts of the many FBI agents and other law enforcement personnel who are assigned to these matters. They are working courageously and steadfastly and are serving our nation honorably. I am grateful to them. We all are. The Department of Justice has long recognized that in certain extraordinary cases, it is in the public interest to appoint a special prosecutor to independently manage an investigation and prosecution. Based on recent developments, including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election, ah, there's and the reason. sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as Shut well, down. I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. Such an, uh, an appointment underscores the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters. It also allows prosecutors and agents to continue their work expeditiously and to make decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. The special counsel will conduct parts of the first investigation I just mentioned. The investigation into whether any person or entity unlawfully interfered with the transfer of power following the 2020 presidential election or with the certification of the Electoral College vote held on or about January 6. This does not include prosecutions that are currently pending in the District of Columbia or future investigations and prosecutions of individuals for offenses committed while they were physically present on the Capitol grounds on January 6. Those investigations and prosecutions will remain under the authority of the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. The special counsel will also conduct the investigation involving classified documents and other presidential records, as well as the possible obstruction of that investigation. Today, I signed an order appointing Jack Smith to serve as special counsel. The order authorizes him to continue the ongoing investigation into both of the matters that I have just described and to prosecute any federal crimes that may arise from those investigations. 
Mr. Smith is a veteran career prosecutor. He began his prosecutorial career in 1994 as an assistant district attorney with the New York County DA's office. In 1999, he became an assistant U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York, where over the course of nine years, he prosecuted matters ranging from gang murders of police officers to civil rights violations. From 2008 to 2010, he served with the International Criminal Court, where he supervised war crimes investigations. In 2010, Mr. Smith returned to the Justice Department to serve as Chief of the Public Integrity Section, where he led a team of more than 30 prosecutors who handled public corruption and election crimes cases across the United States. In 2015, he agreed to serve as the first Assistant U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Tennessee, later becoming the acting United States Attorney. Most recently, Mr. Smith served as a Chief Prosecutor for the Special Court in The Hague charged with investigating and adjudicating war crimes in Kosovo. Mr. Smith will begin his work as special counsel immediately and will be returning to the United States from The Hague. Throughout his career, Jack Smith has built a reputation as an impartial and determined prosecutor who leads teams with energy and focus to follow the facts wherever they lead. As special counsel, he will exercise independent prosecutorial judgment to decide whether charges should be brought. Although the special counsel will not be subject to the day-to-day -day supervision of any official of the department, he must comply with the regulations, procedures, and policies of the department. I will ensure that the special counsel receives the resources to conduct this work quickly and completely. Given the work to date and Mr. Smith's prosecutorial experience, I am confident that this appointment will not slow the completion of these investigations. The men and women who are pursuing these investigations are conducting themselves in accordance with the highest standards of Gee. professionalism. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the main crux uh, of it. Wow. And um, yeah, we, we all really believe all of that. It's going to be, uh, not know much about Mr. Smith more than what the Attorney General laid out. But uh, anybody listening to that who thinks that this is going to be independent. Now, you know, they always pick the guy from Manhattan, guy from New York. Guy always spent his career in New York. Oh, yeah, where's your target? Where's your target of the investigation best known for being from? Okay, yeah, New York. You're right. So um, through, all of, through all of this, folks, this is basically their last shot. So, so what they, the, the raid on Mar-a-Lago, all of this was to get him to the midterms in the hopes of whatever effect it could have. And now, we're on to the final push. This will allow them to drag this out to 24. You'll get leaks. You'll get all the same nonsense that we got. You'll get Mueller probably on steroids here. Same kind of thing. And it's going to be the heavy, heavy push to bring this all the way to 24. That, that's what that's on the most basic level. That's what this is here. Yeah. We got to the midterms based on what we've done so far. And now we've got a pivot. He announced, he forced our hand. Here we come today with this announcement. Here's this guy I don't know much about. We'll look, we'll, we'll do some more digging and see. But obviously, Niffy started his career in Manhattan, spent a lot of time in Manhattan. He's very familiar with the target of this investigation. Sure, he has his own personal feelings about it as well. Let's help, we'll, we'll hold out hope that it's independent. But this is the push to now bridge the gap between the midterms and 24. They had nothing in the midterms. They knew it. And now this 
can drag it out until 24. Yeah. I just hope that they, uh, you know, really go and use one of the the prime assets that they've had basically since this whole thing started. And I'm talking about Adam Schiff. You know, he's got a lot of evidence that only he has seen, Damon. He knows that the president is guilty of all these crimes. But for some reason, nobody ever wants that evidence from Adam Schiff. I hope, I hope this guy will say, hey, Adam, maybe we should have a discussion. Show me what you got. Because that would, that, you know, let's face it, that would probably seal the deal, right? Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. <clears throat> um, but what's also interesting about this happening today is because multiple places, including your friend Kevin Downey Jr. Ah, friend of the show. Over at, P, over at PJ Media. And, and by the way, the Washington Post, who put this out just the other day. I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But Kevin Downey Jr. put something out saying, ooh, shocker. WAPO update about Mar-a-Lago raid, well, doesn't quite fit the narrative. And he says, remember when the FBI raided Trump's home, supposedly looking for nuclear secrets a few months back? Well, guess how that turned out? I'll let the quizlings at the Washington Post spell it out, he says. Washington Post from just a few days ago, just a few days ago. Federal agents and prosecutors have come to believe Former President Donald Trump's motive for allegedly taking and keeping classified documents was largely his ego and a desire to hold on to the materials as trophies or mementos, according to people familiar with the matter. In other words, Trump was keeping souvenirs, as every president does. Funny how Washington Post sat on this story till right after the midterms, right? But wait, there's more. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. That review <laughs> has not found any apparent business advantage to the types of classified information in Trump's possession. These people said FBI interviews with witnesses so far, they said also do not point to any nefarious effort by Trump to leverage, sell, or use the government secrets. Instead, the former president seemed motivated by a more basic desire not to give up what he believed was his property, people familiar with the matter said. So it's just it's interesting that this comes out. And now two days later, here we, here we get this announcement. So here we go. Here we go. Two years. However many tens of millions of dollars for Mr. Smith. I didn't hear the Hunter Biden announcement along with these today. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Good we'll luck. leave the house to do that. All right. We'll do sports and news when we get back live from Studio 6B. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're a part of the show. Lots to get to tonight. We'll continue to talk about special counsel that Garland came out today and announced. We'll get more of the, our thoughts on that. We'll get to some uh, reaction from people on social media about that as well. Kind of like what we said, the president kind of forced his hand. You know, we've talked about a lot of this 
a lot of the uh, tricky things with announcing this early. And obviously now this has become one of them already. So we'll talk more about that. But right now it's time to do some sports. And of course, sports <laughs> is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B for all the best deals. LFS6B at checkout is the code that'll get you 10 to 60% off. Slick Rick's got sports. We already talked about his big winner last night. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? Well, let's fully report on the big winner, Big D. Uh, of <laughs> but of course. Titans' Derrick Henry first in NFL to 1,000 yards and throws for a TD to boot. Uh, this is from uh, Teron Davenport of ESPN. Green Bay and the Tennessee Titans show what a total team effort looks like after a 27-17 win over the Green Bay Packers. But as usual, uh, these the case, it all started with running back Derrick Henry, who delivered him always than one Thursday night. Henry ran for 87 yards, you know, so pretty good night, uh, pushing his rushing total to 1,010 yards this season to make him the first running back to pass 1,000-yard mark. Henry also rushed for his 10th touchdown, becoming the fifth player in NFL history to rush for 10 or more touchdowns in five straight seasons. Getting the job done there, Derek. Uh, to top it off, Henry also had a three-yard touchdown pass to Austin Hooper, Henry's third career touchdown pass, including the playoffs. With Green Bay focusing on trying to slow down Derek Henry, Tannehill threw for 333 yards and two TDs to outduel Aaron Rodgers. Again, Big D, as the Titans beat the Packers 27-17 on Thursday night. Green Bay, I think their season may all but be over, Big D. I think they what are they falling yeah. out of three and uh, yeah. three and eight? What's, yeah. What I don't like about it is I was never in the game. I was never in the game. I, I never in the game. I so misread that game because I would have played Green Bay. Uh, like I said, even if me and you weren't doing this on the show, I would have played him for real. If I was really betting in the game, I would have I would have bet Green Bay and just never in it. So bad well, call lost, on me. Hmm. Good call for you. You lost you 5,000 real ones, back. Big D. Sorry to talk over you. But you lost 5,000 real ones there. So uh, we, we're now up to 20 grand. We're going to put that all on the line when we get to odds makers in the last segment. And uh, one more story to last night, Big D. Titans uh, offensive coordinator arrested on a DUI charge after returning from Packers win. This is also from Teron Davenport at ESPN. Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing was charged with driving under the influence and speeding early Friday morning, according to the Tennessee Highway Patrol. Downing went through the uh, intake process at 4.36 a.m. and posted a $2,500 bail bond at 6.46 a.m. The Titans had returned to Nashville early Friday after their 27-17 win over Green Bay Packers. So I guess a little too much celebrating on the plane ride home. We are aware of the reports regarding Todd Downing and are in the process of gathering additional information, the Titans said in a statement. The NFL has been in contact with the Titans regarding Downing, a league spokesperson said, noting that all league and club personnel, including coaches, are subject to potential discipline when a violation is determined to uh, to have been committed. So, uh, yeah, I, I got to tell you, Andy Reid's son, uh, he got caught on the wrong side of a bad situation uh, just, what, two years ago with that, yeah. that accident he had. He was also driving under the influence. I don't understand these players. You know, they travel, they come back, they have a few beers on the plane, nothing wrong with that. But, goodness sake, would you get a get an Uber or get a family member to pick you up? I mean, good gracious. So, sorry to hear that, but I wanted to report on that. That was pretty big news earlier today, big day. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not like they don't make enough money. I mean, come on. Even even the team should be like, you know what? This isn't our best interest. Once these guys come off a plane or when we get them home, we, we bring them home. Yeah. Because, you know, again, you saw what uh, – that was the first thing I thought of too was Andy Reid's son. I'm like, oh, great. An another instance. Thank goodness he just got pulled over and he didn't hurt anybody, but the potential is there. Right, exactly, because Andy Reid's son, that was a far, that was a really a bad situation, that young lady that got hurt, the little girl. So, anyway, Big D, that's a wrap in sports. We have more with our odds makers coming up at the end later.
All right, Slick Rick, Odds Makers is coming up in the last segment of the show. You know, the other problem is these guys, they have this, they have this sense of um, invincibility that it's never going to happen to them, that it can't happen to them, that nothing will, you know, because they're, they play football. It's a violent game. And uh, these guys, you know, they just think that, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's ego or what it is, but uh, it's just, like you said, it's really, it's not a good precedent to keep setting to all of these guys and these coaches and assistant coaches and players. And they're, they're all, like you said, I mean, they all got enough money. Just call an Uber and get your car the next day or whatever it is. They all can't live that far from wherever they park to go with on the team plane. I mean, it can't be that big a deal. Yeah. Get a family member. They, just, they just think, uh, duh, never, nothing's ever, you know, right. it's, I'm invincible. And that's not great. So, all right, Slick Rick, thanks. We'll do some more sports. We'll do odds makers at the end of the show. Let's do some news right now. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, finally. Uh, in election news, yeah, I know we're still talking about election news. Uh, another election has uh, seemingly about to be called. Colorado election results are in, and Lauren Boebert, uh, it looks like she's winning as her opponent, is conceding. Yeah, it turns out more than a week after Election Day, the race for Colorado's third congressional district, uh, though it remained uncalled uh, for Republican Rep- Representative Lauren Boebert, her Democratic challenger seems to now be conceding. As of earlier today, Boebert holds a holds a 551 vote lead over uh, his name is Adam Frisch. He's a Democrat out of nearly 327,000 votes cast, a difference of 0.16 percentage points. The AP has deemed the race too close to call and will not do so, but it seems like at least uh, Adam Frisch is kind of kind of reading the writing on the wall, so to speak, and he is conceding. A recount in the race could take several weeks to complete. A Colorado statute instructs that a recount must be completed 35 that. 35 days after the general election, which would be by December 13th of this year. Boebert, of course, she declared victory last night in a video posted on her social media. She said, I'm told that there are less than 200 votes outstanding, which makes me so happy to announce we won this race. With this victory and the Republicans in control of the House, we can now focus on the issues that actually matter most, including getting inflation under control, increasing our domestic energy supply, securing our southern border, and being a strong check on the White House. So uh, good news coming well, out I of... I mean, uh, she's the... Um, she obviously wins this race. This thing was back and forth and up and down on election night. I remember thinking, man, she's going to lose. I can't believe this. But you may, you look at Colorado, Denver, and all those areas. That's a play. Republicans got a lot of work to do in that state to even get it back to purple never mind red i mean that that state has gone hard blue yeah other than her i mean that, that they got a lot of work to do in colorado it's a wacky state and you know like you said it used to be a pretty red state now it's a uh, decidedly blue so yeah uh another story which it, it kind of broke this morning i don't know if you came across this uh but uh nbc's today show weatherman al roker Turns out he revealed Friday that he'd been uh, he'd been taken off the air for two weeks due to blood clots that landed him in the hospital. Mm. Roker, who tested positive for COVID in September, even though he's been vaccinated and boosted, said on social media he had blood clots that traveled to his lungs from a clot in one of his legs. And it sounds so familiar. I feel like I've read yeah. this so many times before. 
Uh, <laughs> Roker was an early recipient of the COVID-19 vaccine in January of 21, getting his shot live on the Today Show. He said in September that he had tested positive for COVID a week after being boosted. Again, a weird kind of correlation there. Uh, Roker said his symptoms were mild, but he was glad that he was boosted. Two years ago, Roker announced he was being treated for prostate cancer. Of course, uh, we've heard this a bunch that, uh, you know, People who are suffering from other things like cancer uh, should have been vaccinated. Um, you know, take that with you will. Get your get your uh, get your second opinions across the board as far as that's concerned. And over the years, Roker has had gastric bypass surgery, shoulder surgery, hip replacement surgery, knee replacement surgery, uh, and that's just a, you know that's just a small run of the mill when it comes to Al Roker. Just to do the weather, he had to get all that surgery. He's under the weather. But uh, hopefully, uh, you know, he released a, a statement as well, saying so many of you have been thoughtful, asking where I've been. Last week I was admitted to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. I'm fortunate to be getting such terrific care and on the way to recovery. So we send him well wishes and uh, hope he recovers. Damon, that's all I got for news for now. Yeah, and I'm sure he didn't He didn't in any way attribute it to his um, vaccination, obviously, I'll bet. No, of at all. Did he? No. no, of course. He's happy to be... Um, Happy to have nine shots and still be getting COVID or whatever the deal is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, live from Studio 6B. We'll do some more sports, more news on a Friday night. Glad you're in part of the show. More to do after this. All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Slick Rick's doing sports. We'll do odds makers at the end of the show. Rick Delgado's here. He's got a what even is that coming up at the top of the hour. But obviously the news of the day is this announcement from the attorney general and his uh, corrupt band of uh, thugs there with him uh, announcing this uh, special counsel now into the president. And I just want to go back because I didn't get a chance to finish it. And then I know Rick's got some stuff on this as well. I want to get back to Kevin Downey Jr.'s piece in PJ Media and referencing basically the Washington Post from just a couple days ago. Just a couple days ago, this all comes out, and then still we get this announcement today. He says, Washington Post also found no evidence that Trump was looking to leverage, sell, or use government secrets. They threw the idea, they threw that idea in near the very end, uh, hoping they still might come up with something juicy. The people familiar with the matter caution that the investigation is still ongoing and no final determinations have been made and that it is possible additional information could emerge that changes investigators' understanding of Trump's motivations. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they said the, uh, the evidence collected over a period of months indicates the primary explanation for potentially criminal conduct was Trump's ego some liberals still haven't gotten the message, or perhaps they're just blatantly lying. Trump ended up kept, uh, keeping a few chotskis over his four years serving as the greatest president in recent history. Oh, the nerve, he says. <laughs> Forward this article to any liberal harpy in law with blue hair that you have. Uh, and that's your friend, Mr. Downey, starts, uh, ends his article like that. But yeah. I just find it amazing today we're going to get this announcement after all this information in the last couple of days from the Washington Post, from other places saying, yeah, basically there's nothing, there's no, there's no uh, there there. 
at least from the people who have investigated this and come to determination to go, and this guy just wanted, you know. Yeah. But no, here we are today. Here we are with this announcement. And again, this is going to get them to 24. And, and you know what's... It's no, it's no more no more complicated than that. They did what they've done. Yeah. That got them to the midterms. And now here here's the final push to get to 24 and then finally be able to say... We're done with this guy. We, we've, you know, we never got him. We never got him. Every day, oh, we're getting this. This is the day he's going to announce he's been working in Russia. This is the day he's got stolen secrets. This is the day we're going to find a nuclear warhead in the basement of Mar-a-Lago that he's going to ride. <laughs> uh, you know, every day we've heard something. He'll be riding so, it like Slim Pickens in that movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got, Rick? Well, I just find it eerily familiar, don't you? This this whole, you know, it, it's been revealed through the investigation of who the FBI, who was doing the investigation. Doesn't it sound like a certain general that was uh, investigated and, and from their investigation, they found no nefarious conduct, uh, a certain Michael Flynn who was, uh, you know, determined by the investigators, as, as per their notes, nope, it doesn't seem like he's lying to us, blah, 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 all the stuff that we already knew. But then, of course, what happens next? They still launch an, a, a, a criminal investigation on him. Why? Well, because uh, old old uh, puppet-faced uh, Attorney General Garland there, the butthurt Supreme Court nominee that never got to make it to the court, well, this is what they do. Like you said, they needed their next thing. They needed their next bridge to get him to 2024. We have to sully him. There's got to be something. There's something we missed in the last six-plus years. We, we, we haven't turned over every single uh, mattress to look for, see if there's any tags missing or, or, or anything like that. They're just going bananas with themselves, and, and it's you know kind of eerie because Rick and I were joking during the break that, yeah, this is Banana Republic stuff, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, this, this is the kind of stuff Hardcore. you see. I mean, and, 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 you know, let's face it. We know what their, their goal here is. If they can indict them, they're already going to indict them. We know that's baked in. They're, they're expected. Nobody's going to be surprised when they, we're, if we found an indictment, we're going to bring them to court, just like they did to Flynn. Because that's going to extend things. It's going to it's going to grab headlines, and that's guess what? Yeah. They've got everybody trained. Focus on the headline. Let's see. Uh, have we seen any investigation like you mentioned into Hunter Biden? No. Have we seen any investigations uh, by the FBI and any resolution to the Epstein, Gillel Maxwell um, black book? You know, all the people who were uh, actually doing the crimes that they were busted for. Uh, no. Have we seen anything about the January 6th bomber? Hmm. Mm. No. Uh, so, you know, this, this is just another long line, and it proves the basic point is that they are terrified of Donald Trump, which is why they want DeSantis. Can we have DeSantis? They want DeSantis. They've got their media trained. Let's bring DeSantis in. Maybe he can stop Trump. They're trying to use DeSantis against Trump to stop Trump because they can't do it. I don't know. Or I could just be totally wrong. No, I, th I think you're right. I think that if, if I disagree with you on one thing, it's just that they're looking to overturn matches. Looking, they're not. They're not looking for anything. They're just. This is like mafia tactics. Like they walk into the business and they say, "Hey, you're, we're, we're on you. We're just. Yeah. We're going to just continue to put pressure on you through any means necessary. We're, we're not really." We just want you to know that you're just not going to succeed. We're, we're just going to be a wet blanket on top of you anytime you try to move forward. That's it. Through any means necessary. That's what this is.
It's just enough to get them to 24, whatever it's going, whatever they have to do to drag it out. They have weaponized the Department of Justice to attack your political opponents. That's what they've done. That's what they're continuing to do. There's nothing specific. Again, I referenced these reports that have come out in the last three days. The Washington Post, not a place you'd think you'd see that. Not, not a place you would see they'd give any credence to even saying, ah, there's probably really nothing here. The guy was just, but that's what we've seen the last three days. Then he announces three days ago, and now we have a special counsel. Not a special counsel to go look into the FTX where there's billions upon billions of dollars. People lost their, no, no, no investigations into that. They've spent, I haven't even heard him mention that. Are oh, they going to put Maxine Waters in charge of that investigation? She's blowing <laughs> kisses to Sam Bankman-Fried last time he's in Congress. Oh. She's going to be in charge of looking into it. No Hunter Biden. No, no, we're going to have to let the House hopefully come up with that. But Donald Trump, again, square in our uh, crosshairs un until they can finally say well, they're done with him. It's Trump derangement syndrome on steroids. It continues to be. And, That's uh, right, it and sucks. Exactly. Yeah, anybody who believes this this is going to be, I mean, just hearing the little, I mean, I was trying to do some research into Jack Smith. Smith's career as a prosecutor began in Manhattan in the early 1990s, where he earned a reputation as a hard worker. This is from the Washington Post, by the way. He says, I don't think I was very talented, but you uh, field a lot of ground balls. You're a good shortstop, Smith once told the Associated Press. He went on to spend nearly a decade as a federal prosecutor in Brooklyn before leaving that job in 2008 to become a war crimes prosecutor at the International Criminal Court at The Hague. Smith eventually returned to the Department of Justice, taking over the public integrity section at a time when it had been battered by an embarrassing reversal of the conviction of Senator Ted Stevens, Republican from Alaska. Four years ago, he returned to The Hague to investigate war crimes in Kosovo. Uh, though the special counsel appointment begins immediately, Smith was not at Friday's announcement due to his recent bike accident that required knee surgery. So, I mean, that's that's what we have so far. That's from the Washington Post. I have to see what else goes on. The Wall, Wall Street Journal is, is the place that really broke this today. Um, and again, their headline, Trump's fate in Justice Department probes headed for special counsel. Special counsel will assess whether criminal charges are merited in connection with handling of classified documents, efforts by Mr. Trump and allies to overturn his 2020 election loss. That's in the Wall Street Journal today. So the media, unfortunately, my feeling is yep. gonna be, for most places, I see it in the Washington Examiner today, really the Trump-hating Washington Examiner, as I've really come to know more and more over time. They've got some big thing today from some guy over there, ditch Trump at the, or, or get used to losing. So you've got that from them. Now you've got this today. So again, you know, I talked to um, I got Steve Cortez, I guess, earlier in the week. You know, it was, it was very planned out that night, but there was some very strategic things that I wondered about. And, and announcing this early it was is one of them. Yeah. And I don't know if this factored into their decision. And they and I, I don't know. Did did there has the pre, I didn't even check. Has the president reacted to this today at all? Uh, you know what? I haven't checked either. But it did remind me. Of remember during his uh, speech on Tuesday, I think it was when he was wrapping up when he said that this is going to be dangerous, which is kind of an odd thing. You know, you're running for president. What do you mean it's going to be dangerous? Here's what the president said. Roll it, G. I am asking for your vote. I am asking for your support. 
And I am asking for your friendship and your prayers this very incredible but dangerous journey. If our movement remains united and confident, then we will shatter the forces of tyranny and we will unleash the glories of liberty for ourselves and for our children and for generations yet to come. America's uh, that's golden yeah, age. That's the, that's the main part. Yeah, dangerous. Like, you're, he you're knows. the president. It should have been party. Yeah, I mean, he knows. And, and again, you know, um, it's, it's hard not to think that, um, that the Biden White House here is obviously, I know they'll say they have an arm's length away, but as we learned the last time with the Mar-a-Lago raid, that's just not true. And here, here they are looking at the House now flipped to Republicans and whatever they can do to basically um, further draw attention away from President Biden's role in his son's activities. Well, this is this will serve as a nice um, this will serve as a nice um, you know to get your focus off of that. And so again, it's just going to be more on the Republicans to see what this is going to be. We'll play a little more of that James Comer video from um, yesterday morning when they announced this, which I thought was good. But again, just to I mean I, I you know to break it down, this is what's going to get them to 24. It's just that simple. The, the raid and everything else got them to the midterms. They had nothing. So they went back in the old war room there, not to steal a phrase from Steve Bannon. And they said, well, what's next? Well, this is what's next. Yeah. This 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 should be enough to get us through 24. I mean, think about John, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. It's been so long. The John guy Durham? who's investigating Slick Rick's picks. <laughs> Durham. <laughs> How long has he been on the scene? Been more than two years. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't heard Jack from this guy. Nothing. What have we seen? Nothing. One guy, one indictment, right? Whatever his name was. Well, yeah, what have we seen from this guy? A couple trials, yep. How much you want to bet this guy will have his full report ready and he'll have his charges or no charges on, on or about November 1st, 2024? <laughs> any, uh, other, uh, any other feedback you've seen? Did you check on the president? Did yeah, he, uh, I, I see a lot of other stuff, um, but I, I'm not finding no. any direct reference just yet. Yeah, but yeah, you well, can see you can see everybody else, you know, people commenting around uh, uh, from all over. You know, political witch hunt ensues, political witch hunt continues. You know, because that's exactly what it is. They're just they're just investigating their political enemies. Why? Because th they have power, and that's what they do when they're, they're tyrants. So Weaponized. they're so nervous about a possible return from this guy to burn it to the ground and know everything that's gone on. Because the next time, the next time is going to be much different than the first time on so many levels. Personnel really draining the swamp creatures that are everywhere in this government. Yeah. And especially this Department of Justice over the last two years, what we've seen, where the bodies all lie in and, and, and Christopher Ray's performance the last couple of days as well, you can look at. They're 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 so um, they're so nervous. It's going to be all hands on deck.
Studio 6B, 13 till the hour on a Friday night. Glad you're part of the show. Rick Delgado is going to do some news, but first it's time to do a little sports. And here with that is Slick Rick. Sports brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, mypillow.com slash LFS6B for all the best deals. Use our code at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? All right. Well, Tom Brady's charity foundation accused of donating to his own for-profit company. According to reports, Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady's charity TB12 Foundation has given more than a million dollars to his for-profit company, TB12 Incorporated. This is from Warner Todd Huston of Breitbart. Uh, TB12 Inc., a sports wellness company that sells supplements and sports therapy sessions, has reportedly received more than $1.6 million from the TB12 Foundation, a charitable organization founded to help athletes to avoid injuries, improve longevity, and stay healthy, according to an exclusive report from the Daily Beast. According to tax records, the Beast reports that the TB12 Foundation paid 113786 to TB12, Inc. in 2016. For the next two years, the foundation gave more than 600000 to Brady's for-profit company, and in 2019, the foundation paid out another 424921 to TB12, according to the report. Brady has earned $350 million during his two decades with the New England Patriots and has given a small fraction of his riches to his own charity with a little over 200000 in donations, according to the TB12 Foundation tax filings. The quarterback for-profit company TB12, Inc., is the sole provider of sports therapy sessions for the TB12 Foundation. Since it launched in 2015, the foundation has paid Brady's firm a total of more than $1.6 million for its services, and it's the only company listed as an independent contractor for such treatments. Tom Brady's having a really bad year. With a bad season mounting for the Buccaneers, a financial debacle in his investment in the cryptocurrency FTX, which we really haven't covered, but there is also a pending lawsuit with that now that he's involved with with a number of other celebrities, uh, which is being accused of running a Ponzi scheme and a divorce that is cleaving his family in two. Things are not going well, and this controversy surrounding his charity isn't helping. Uh, you know, I, I say if Brady continues to be this shady, he may end up with more suits than me. <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, this FTX thing is getting a, is growing legs of its own. I don't think Big D they'll actually be able to sue them for anything monetary. I mean, they can try, but I, I, I can't see. They were just offering advice. I can't see how they, you know, coerce people into, you know, getting cryptocurrency. I don't know what your thoughts are on that with uh, with this lawsuit that's going on. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've seen the commercials that they've done. There's all kinds of commercials. I mean, if that if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of people follow. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people on the hook because, I mean, you can go from Steph Curry to Tom Brady to Giselle to. Uh, I mean, the list of people who are pumping FTX. Yeah. You know, this guy, this this kid had his name on the uh, the stadium in Miami. They had their patches on every umpire in Major League Baseball. So, I mean, what's the standard here? You're going to go after every person who wore his patch, and uh, you're going to go after the people who put the name on the stadium. I mean, paid me, paid the supposedly paid the money for the rights. What about the fortune I mean, cookies sure I had the other day? I'm sure they all got paid handsomely to be spokespeople. I mean, I I don't, I don't see. Yeah, Fran, Fran mentioned yeah, his uh, hear, fortune cookies. Yeah, the fortune cookies that had FTX on the back of the fortunes. Yeah, yeah, we got we had those at the office uh, yesterday. Fran had uh, fortune cookies at the office, and he's like, serious? "Look at this." Yeah, yeah the one <laughs> yeah. was like, "A bit of coin will fall in your lap this month," and you flip it over, it says FTX. Yeah, wow. I mean these these guys. Wow. I mean, listen, that was one of the red flags that nobody really. I mean, I guess some people had picked up on it, but really never, unfortunately, never questioned it far enough or deep enough to bring this whole thing to light probably when it still would have mattered and people could have maybe got got out of there unscathed this guy you know i heard the kid from coinbase 
who's another big firm that is regulated in the United States that seemingly is pretty safe and good. He said, you know, I know what we do in revenue and I know what we sent to the bottom line and I know what we spend on advertising and stuff. And he said, I kind of had an idea what they did in revenue and I saw what they were spending and I was thinking to myself, well, how are they doing all of this? They're everywhere, the name on the stadium and the endorsements and the celebrities. How are they coming up with this money to do all this when they've got an eighth of the top line revenue that we have? So there were some red flags to people, even in the industry. But uh, unfortunately, they were never um, brought forth, we think. Now, part of this story is what was brought forth and maybe possibly ignored by Gary Gensler, by the SEC, even maybe by the um, Maxine Waters financial uh, committee that she chairs there. That's why it's such a joke that she's going to be. I mean, this guy's been in front of Congress, Sam Bankman-Fried, multiple times as the face of crypto, talking about regulation. I told you the, there's a video the last time he was there, Maxine Waters <laughs> blowing him kisses as he's leaving, walking away. She's going to chair. She's going to be the one to look into it? Really? Yeah. Good luck. I mean, imagine on Maxine an IQ Waters level, I wouldn't put her in charge of uh, walking the dog, yeah, but I certainly wouldn't put her in charge of this. Imagine her blowing kisses at you, Big D. Oof, I duck. Come on, Maxine, bring it. <laughs> Come on. All right, what else is going on, Slick? Well, you got a, a Luka Doncic rookie card sells for $3.12 million at auction earlier today. Early Friday morning, this is from ESPN's uh, Dan Hajucki. Uh, early Friday morning, an extremely rare Luka Doncic rookie card sold for $3.12 million with buyer's premium, the most ever paid for a basketball card at a public auction. The 2018-19 National Treasures RPA rookie patch autograph logo man features an on-card auto and a player won NBA Shield, hence Logo Man, and is number one of one. Uh, so this card sold for, uh, like I said, 3.12, and uh, this was the first time that Doncic Logo Man hit the open market. The record for a basketball card is the 5.2 million LeBron James RPA, broken by PWCC back in April of 2021. Uh, and the $2.7 million Michael Jordan Upper Deck Game Jersey autograph patch card sold in October 21 remains the fourth most expensive. So, you know, people are holding on to these, these type of assets, Big D, these tangible assets. It's like we talk about gold all the time with Birch Gold. Same thing here now. People are investing more and more in memorabilia. Look at the uh, Aaron Judge 60-second home run baseball. That's going to hit the open market, I believe, early next week. Uh, that, that may sell for well over $3 million. In fact, the young man from Texas already turned down an offer for $3 million. So who knows? That may go on to $5 million. So anyway, this is, this is you're seeing more and more of this with these uh, tangible assets in sports. And that's a wrap in sports. Big day. Looking forward to the odds makers coming up later. Yeah, well, when inflation <laughs> running as hot as it's running people are trying to find places to um if it's not going to be like i said if it's not in gold or uh bitcoin or crypto or or, or um you know silver like we, we talk about with birch and we talk about on the show you know people are finding uh Ro i think rolexes uh watches uh have gone held their value pretty well even used cars at one point were actually doing better than if you had money in the s p so it's really been it's been a crazy, but this is what happens. This is what happens when inflation and the continued devaluation of the currency continues. You know, it's like real estate. When you think about your house, you know, like you get reports on your house that your house has gone up 40% in the last two years. I mean, no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. The, the, the value of the currency has gone down, which is why my house has gone up because it takes more of them. Nothing's changed about my house in two years. As a matter of fact, I've had to put money into it to, to do things to keep it up. But the idea that house prices have gone up 40% is, is, is 
idiotic. What's what's happened is the value of the currency has gone down yeah. over the last two years. They've printed 50% of all dollars in existence in the last two years. That's why the price of these things have gone up. Not because anything special in my house is better or different than it was two years ago. It's the, the currency has such less value because of what they've done. That's why people are, 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 are running to try to find things to hide their money in. That's something that will hold value. Your real estate, honestly, there's an argument to be made that real estate's not where you want to try to find that because real estate's going to crash hard because now they have to unwind because they have to get a hold of inflation, which they can't do. And we, we've talked about CPI and, and, uh, and owner's equivalent rent and how much that factors in. Mortgages over 7%. People can't buy houses now. So they're forced to rent. Rent continues to be sky high, which continues to keep the CPI high. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy here. But the idea that these things like housing and th stuff has gone up 40% in two years is just idiotic. It's not, it has, your, your value of your currency has gone down that much, which is why, why you, why you, they tell you your house has gone up that much. So it's just a mess. on a Friday night live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. Glad you're part of the show. Rick uh, Amarati's doing sports. We'll do odds makers at the end of this hour. See if Slick Rick can give all his money back to me this weekend since I have not been able to grab it all yet any of these weekends. And he won last night, unfortunately, because Green Bay sucks. <laughs> so does Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see what his college and pro picks are for this weekend at the end of the show. Uh, Rick Delgado's doing some news, and he's got a what even is that here coming up in a second. We've been talking mostly about the special counsel today appointed uh, by Merrick Garland, and there's a bunch of uh, reaction that I want to try to get to on this. But um, our friends over at Legal Insurrection point out, um, well, first of all, our friend Terrence Williams pointed out, 2017, Comey, he's going to get Trump. 2018, Mueller, he's going to get Trump. 2019, Avenatti, he's going to bury Trump. <laughs> 2020, right. Tish James in New York, she's going to get Trump. Oh, 2021, yeah. Garland will get Trump. And now 2022, 23, Jack Smith's going to be the one to get Trump. So, um, and then our friends from um, Legal Insurrection said that in Garland's announcement that we played for you before, he was quick to point out that Jack Smith is a registered independent, as if <laughs> that matters. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, you guys, uh, you know, you guys have been so, so squeaky clean. The FBI, the DOJ, and everything. We we really believe that when you point that out, we should really stop and take notice of the fact. Oh, oh, he's a registered independent. Oh, I feel I feel so much better about this now going forward. <laughs> it's going to be all rainbows, and I mean, yeah, I mean, give me a break. 
not only Give that, me a break. And part of what you described in his uh, on his resume, uh, his palmares, as they sometimes say, is the time he spent at the Hague. What is? We all know what the Hague is. The Hague is part of the World Economic Forum. It's part of the the globalist agenda. That's where they hang out and do their stuff. So he was there for four years. He's not influenced at all by that. No. Okay. You got it there, Attorney Garland. As legal insurrection opens their piece today, Merrick Garland appointed Jack Smith as special counsel for the DOJ's investigation into the files found at Trump's Mar-a-Lago, along with key aspects of a separate probe involving the January 6, 2021 insurrection and efforts to undo the 2020 election. Has anything happened to anyone denying the 2016 election? Question? Didn't think so. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into more of theirs, and we'll get into some uh, reaction to Breitbart and some other things. But right now, it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right, Damon. So, hey, I know that the uh, you know past two weeks we've been consumed with it. Of course, the midterm elections for 2022 and states like Arizona and California are still collecting and counting ballots until of course they can get enough to say that their candidate won um but believe it or not uh there is other stuff happening in the world outside of politics i'm talking about yeah the whole ftx thing you know uh ftx cryptocurrency exchange debacle that we've been covering yep there's that there's also uh britney griner that story where she's still being held in Russia and has been moved to a penal colony. That's usually reserved for men. Um, and, of course, there's the Jay Leno story where one of his cars caught fire and he suffered severe burns. Hey, he's undergone at least one surgery ready and may have others in the future. But let's hope that, uh, you know, Jay Leno recovers. But I think there's one story that really got my attention outside of politics this week, and it was this one. Yes, it's a story from the beacon of truth and honesty known as the New York Times and sports columnist over there, Kurt Streeter, who seems to have a problem when it comes to pretty fit and young female athletes finally taking advantage of their God-given talents and looks and actually making a buck off them. Yeah, even though the NCAA has been doing that to these kids for decades with no complaint from Kurt or his liberal, uh, limousine liberal buddies over there. At first glance, maybe we can understand Kurt Streeter for what he is. Just another dull-looking woke liberal who, you know, may identify as a man but has none of the basic instincts, traits, or characteristics of one. Dull-looking woke Kurt also misses the point on marketing and making money because, well... As a dull-looking woke liberal, they don't really understand that concept of capitalism and how to make money, how that works to them. Money just kind of shows up, you know, along with rainbows and unicorns, whether they provide anything of service or value or not. Uh, Dull-looking woke liberals like Kurt, they also go out of their way, as Streeter does here, to not only try to cancel women, because liberals actually hate women and he's a dull-looking woke liberal, uh, but also magically somehow introduces race into his writing he he writes this uh race cannot be ignored as part of the dynamic he says damon a majority of the most successful female money makers are white oh my lord clutch the pearls kurt maybe he doesn't follow uh, northwestern university's women's college volleyball team i don't know maybe he does maybe he doesn't he also writes that sexual orientation can't be ignored either oops 
What is that? Is that a dog whistle? Actually, no, because that's why they call it a dog whistle. Only dogs can hear them, Kurt. Uh, Kurt then tries to bring a few more other groups in to help him with his hate. He writes that a few of the top earners openly identify um, as gay or nor. Or I should say Norm would be, (laughs) forget it. Uh, And many post suggestive images of themselves that seem to cater to the male gaze. No way. Yeah. Hey, Kurt Streeter, guess what? Sex sells, bro. I know. What even is that? How could that be? That's so passe. In the article, he also talks about the, you know, uh, uh, being dull-looking woke liberals who who say using sex to sell is regressive to female athletes. Yeah, you never see that in men's sports and athletes ever, right? Nope. I don't see that at all. Why would they use men to and sex to sell? That's just crazy. Let's go on with more of Kurt's disgust for empowered, strong, and sexy women. As he writes, uh, Dunn, uh, of course, Olivia Dunn, the woman that he's talking about, a petite blonde with a bright smile and a gymnast-toned physique, so I guess he noticed because it must be working. Good on you, Kurt. Earns a staggering amount by posing and posting to her 8 million strong internet following on Instagram and TikTok. That's a pretty good audience. An all-American and honor roll student-athlete, Kurt. She's smart too, buddy. She currently earns over $1 million annually, and though Livy won't give out specifics of her earnings, she says seven figures. That's something that I'm proud of, especially since I'm a woman in college sports, and there are no professional leagues for most sports for women after college. So keeping track, Kurt, let's see. She's pretty, she's fit, she's smart, and she's rich. Oh, disgusting, I know. In his virtual signaling hit piece, he also says, uh, dull-looking Kurt uh, also admits that the athletes' compensation and endorsement rules have been a game-changer for female athletes who compete in non-revenue sports such as gymnastics. Wait, so that means that a pretty, fit, smart, and now rich female athlete is also an entrepreneur? Kurt, buddy. Bro, that's five stars. She's done that. What so many men have gotten applauded for, she's creating revenue where it didn't previously exist. Genius, genius, genius. Yes, unfortunately for dull-looking, woke, liberal Kurt, that's as much of the American dream as he can handle because that's, how, that's, that's what it is. Meanwhile, if he doesn't realize, uh, it, maybe he doesn't realize it himself, but what's lost on dull-looking, woke, liberal Kurt is that he himself is using Livy Dunn and her body, or how he described her petite blonde with a bright smile and gymnast-toned physique. Yes, he uses that to make you want to read his dull, woke, liberal article. Well, maybe Kurt does get it. As you can see from these pics from the accompanying article, hey, Kurt, sex sells, buddy, right there. Uh, Of course, Livy Dunn is fired back at dull-looking, woke, liberal Kurt and the New York Times by posting this. Yes, I wonder what all dull-looking, woke, liberal Curtis thinking now. Yabba dabba doo, Damon, back to you. <laughs> no. Uh, <okay. laughs> so let me ask you a question. Why do we have to end it like that? <laughs> After that very, very nice, um, what even is that? Uh, very serious one tonight <laughs> with a good topic. Yeah. Why do we have to end it like that, Delgado? Oh, we just had a little fun. You thieving weasel. (laughs) He wanted to rubble you the wrong way. (laughs) 
Ah, okay, that's very good, very good. Um, well, thank you. Interesting topic. So, what what got you? I'm just interesting. What got you on this topic? Where did did you just see this article and thought yeah. this was a good topic yeah, to get onto? Sure because well, has, it, I wonder if this guy's ever been on Instagram or TikTok <laughs> or Facebook or I mean, is he like in touch with the world today, like whatsoever with the uh, the college rules of paying athletes. Has he ever seen barstool sports? Has he ever, has he ever seen any of this stuff that's going on? And by the way, not that anything I just mentioned I'm against. I think they all do it really well. But I mean, young girls today are 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 entrepreneurs in ways in avenues that they never had access to. Yeah. And um, by the way, a lot of them are making a lot of money by not taking their clothes off. Now, yeah, obviously some of them are are, are obviously. You know, if you spend enough time on any of these social media apps, you know, you and, and as a parent, trust me, um, with a with a with a teenage daughter, 13 year old on the on the just beginning teen years, I'm on top of it because obviously it's a it's a problem um as far as kind of imaging and, and girls thinking they have to look a certain way and then whatever. But I mean so what got you on this topic? I'm just interested. Um, you know what? I came across the article, and and outside, um, Outkick had written about it as well. I saw some other people writing about it. I'm like, I'm like, all right, why is everybody focusing on this story? And then I read the story from the New York Times. I'm like, oh, this guy's just a jerk. I mean, you know, y you look at all the things, like you said, you know, women are now the 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 template is there it's not like it's not like she's she's invented something new she's obviously using the kardashians model right because the kardashians uh, nobody really knew who they were there's not really anything there that they, they're posting stuff they got famous from it she's just using that model but like you said she's not she's not posing nude she's not doing anything if anything she's doing with if you remember a magazine like fhm you know those kind of magazines that were guy orientated uh, they catered to a certain young 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 men audience, just pictures, um, articles and stuff, and they pushed product, and they were very popular for a while. I think Greg Gutfeld was, uh, I think he was an editor for one of these types of magazines for a while as well. Um, and and now you know things like Instagram and and Twitter and Facebook, they give them an avenue to become an entrepreneur. I and mean, think about it, she makes a great point. She's making money from her sport from what she does because outside of college once she graduates there's no there's yeah. no professional gymnastics league for her to go to nope. she doesn't have an nba uh, an mlb an nfl it's either you're in the olympics and you make money from that or you're not and chances are most kids that are in college in gymnastics are not going to the olympics because that window has kind of closed because that's usually between the ages of like 15 and 18 so when it comes to gymnastics so good on her and let's face it, she's not going to be borrowing money for college. She can pay for it herself, and she's got given herself a head start on a positive life moving forward. So good on Livy Dunn. All right, sports news when we get back.
like the blues. Let me talk to you about our friends at Birch Gold Group. Inflation, which I was just talking about earlier, continues to be a plague on our economy, our families, our savings. And the irresponsible spending from the left just continues to exacerbate the problem. This year, we witnessed almost every kind of negative economic record from empty grocery store shelves to 40-year high inflation. Don't let your savings wither away. Hedge against inflation with precious metals and gold from Birch Gold Group. They've made it super easy to find out more. Just text the word America, send it to 989898 and get your free information kit on diversifying into physical gold and silver, all in a tax-sheltered retirement account. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, Birch Gold has helped thousands and they can help you too. And for a limited time, Birch has a special offer for the Live from Studio 6B audience. Purchase gold between now and Black Friday and Birch will send you a free gold bar with your purchase. So don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text the word America to 989898. Get your free information kit and all the details on how to claim your free gold bar when you purchase precious metals from Birch Gold. Secure your future with gold. Text the word America to 989898. Do it today. Our live from Studio 6B, 18 past the hour. So President Trump put a statement out, and uh, Jonathan Turley says, President Trump's statement said um, that he won't partake in the special counsel investigation, suggests that he will elect to remain silent and not cooperate in any investigation by Jack Smith. So that uh, uh, little reaction from Jonathan Turley. We'll get some more reaction. I haven't had a lot of time to go through social media today and see since the president put the statement out. Um, but, um, you know, again, this is the next thing to get them from now till 24, like we've been saying all show. And, uh, I would think if that's what the president's going to do, I'm sure he's talked to, um, the people around him and decided that given the nature of what he's up against here, that that's probably the road that he wants to take. So we'll see how that plays out again. I do think this is strategically announcing this early is still, it's still something I'm going to continue to question on why you had to do it now. I mean, it's in some in some ways, it's I don't know. I mean, I know he wants to try to clear the field, but I don't think it's going to work. I think people who are going to jump in are going to jump in no matter what. I, I feel like as the former president, you hold so many of the cards. You hold 30 percent of the base who's going to vote for you no matter what you do or say or happen. What not. I just felt like you could have kind of let it play out. And then June. You know, 2023 kind of slide in there, maybe, maybe even last. I don't, I don't know. I just, I think this thing. There's big questions to ask about why so early. Well, and whether whatever the reasoning is that goes into it is going to end up um, playing out that way. I don't think it's going to stop it. Do you do you think announcing this early stops anybody who said I'm going to run in 24? It stops them from running, uh, Delgado. No, I, I don't think it stops anybody from running. But maybe maybe they they had a clue that this was coming down the pike, and it's like you know what? Let's let's announce before they're ready, because um, we know they're going to do it anyway. So let's announce and let's make sure that they know I'm running for president. And now all of a sudden. What happens three days later? Oh, we're going to investigate you. It, it, it kind of paints the narrative. It says, oh, so because I announced that I'm running for president, now you're coming after me. That, you know what? I, it, it would be a brilliant stroke if, if they knew that that was coming, if that was the case. Um, maybe he was right. Maybe, you know what? Let's, let's do this now because I see what they're going to they're gonna do this anyway. And it might as well be. Let me be let let me announce on my terms. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, um, it's time to do some sports, and here with that is Slick Rick. Rick Emirati, what's going on, pal? Well, we know there's big soccer coming up next month with the World Cup. That's an international uh, phenomenon that, that happens every four years. But listen to this one, big deal, big D. Qatar bans alcohol at World Cup stadiums in late reversal. This is Tom Hamilton of ESPN. World Cup organizers have banned the sale of alcohol around stadiums in Qatar after last-minute showdown talks Pfeiffer announced earlier today. First reported by British newspaper The Times, Pfeiffer and uh, Qatar uh, organizers were engaged in late negotiations over where the beer would be sold at the stadiums during the tournament, which begins on Sunday. Uh, FIFA said in a statement, following discussions between host country authorities and FIFA, uh, beverages on the uh, uh, the sale of alcoholic beverages on the FIFA Fan Festival, other than fan destinations and licensed venues, removing the sales points of beers for Qatar's FIFA World Cup stadium perimeters. While supporters can purchase alcohol at the official fan zones during the competition, the sale of beer at the matches themselves has been a controversial topic, which is probably why Germany isn't embracing the World Cup this year, because I understand they're actually protesting the World Cup. They're not happy, obviously, for the other practices that go on in the country. Very controversial this year. But, uh, yes, so right now beer is going to be banned. However, if you go in the VIP suites, Big D, they'll be serving alcohol like wine, champagne, and what have you. But the average common guy who goes to watch these games, he'll have to get any Budweiser. So, uh, like I said, um, I'll be watching them here at my house with my own bar with um, the crazy German here screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs uh, at my TV and at everything else he can on every game that Germany plays in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Worse than Rick, eh? <laughs> no, no. If I have a couple of those German grapefruit drinks that he has there, though, those are pretty good, those ones you have in your house. <laughs> those anyway uh so yeah, we'll see what happens but well it's gonna be interesting with you know with the with the holiday and, the, and everything else going on to see the uh, christmas and everything be watching soccer in the middle of all that big day your house is going to be wild for the holidays for sure more than normal. And uh, just one more story real quick. <laughs> Fired Colt Stadium announcer takes his Peyton Manning Super Bowl ring to an auction house. Uh, this is from Dana Hunsinger uh, Benbo of Indianapolis Star. Indianapolis, Mike Jansen walked into Ripley Auctions House Wednesday morning and left behind the rings he used to wear with pride his Indianapolis Colts Super Bowl ring and AFC Championship ring. Those tiny, shiny, diamond-studded relics of an incredible time in his life. A time that turned sour. And what happened was there weren't any tears shed at 27 764 East 55th place where Ripley Auctions does business. Taking the, te- the items, clients drop off, putting them up for bid, and turning them into cold, hard cash. But uh, these were definitely memories, Jansen, and it had a split second of hesitation, but then quickly uh, dissipated those rings. Uh, and, and, and Jansen's heart were now forever tarnished because what happened is Jansen was fired by the Colts in September as the preseason played out. After 24 seasons as the stadium announcer, a gig he won back in 1998 during an open call edition against more than 300 companies. It was a wonderful journey that took him from the RCA Dome to Lucas Oil Stadium, one that took him through the Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck eras, two cold Super Bowl appearances, and one ring. And what really got him upset was there was no explanation from the team on why Jansen was out of a job. Just that the Colts were moving on. They named Colts.com writer J.J. Stankiewicz as Jansen's replacement for the remainder of the 2022-2023 season. And, uh, well, Jim Irsay made another controversial move by hiring Jeff Saturday, and some think it's good, some think it's bad. I don't think there's a problem with making him the interim coach. But a lot of controversy in Indianapolis, and their team really isn't doing too well. The Philadelphia Eagles are coming to town this weekend, and I, I don't think it looks good for them to, to do anything as far as winning. So, And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. That was a little precursor to our odds makers coming Ooh. up in the last segment.
I was going to say, really? Well, maybe you should uh, put your money where your mouth is there on the Colts and Jeff Saturday in game number two. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you will. We'll find out at the end of the show. By the way, there's 42 and a half inches of snow on the ground in Orchard Park in Buffalo, New York. 42 oh and a half as of this afternoon. So it's probably a couple inches more by now. Oh. And the Bills aren't going flying out till Sunday. They're not flying huh? out till Sunday, Big D. So it looks like they, they, there's a chance they may not make it. Sunday's the game. So they're flying. It's crazy. I don't know how they're going to make it to Detroit to play that game. By the way, another uh, very disappointing news, but not surprising because I think we talked about this last night. We find out today that 100 RNC members signed a letter endorsing Rana Romney McDaniel for re-election as RNC chair. That's more than enough support that she'll need to win re-election. So I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, somebody make it make sense. Lee Zeldin sends around a letter saying he's interested and 100 members are going, eh, whatever. We're on, we're on, with, we're on with Mitt Romney. We're, we're on with the Romneys here. We're, we're more in touch really with them. I mean, just make it make sense to me, please, somebody. Send me an email on Getter. Make it make sense to me. After 2022, getting caught flat-footed in all these states, nope, that's our girl. That's who we're, that's who we're staying with. That's our girl. I, I just... I, our live from Studio 6B, we'll do some news when we get back. Oddsmakers coming up at the end of the show. from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're part of the show. We've been talking about the appointment of a special counsel today. We're going to do the odds makers at the end of the show. We'll do some news with Rick Delgado here in a second. We did a great What Even Is That tonight? Serious What Even Is That uh, tonight? Uh, if you missed it, you can always catch up on the shows by subscribing to the podcast. You can go to iTunes. You can go to Google Podcasts. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to Spotify. Uh, any of your podcasting apps, and you can subscribe to the Live from Studio 6B podcast, which I would encourage you to do because sooner than, sooner than later, there's going to be unique content that's only going to be available on the podcasting channel. Um, and may have a couple surprises on that morning show that I'm going to do as well. So that'll be available. So you got to subscribe now to the Live from Studio 6B podcast. Do that in any of your podcasting platforms. So a couple of, uh, couple of things here. Greg Price says, let's get this straight. GOP takes the House. Trump announces he's running. Republicans announce investigations into Biden's business dealings. And oh, guess what? Merrick Garland appoints a special counsel to investigate Trump. It's so blatantly corrupt, it's scary. And uh, Sean Davis from The Federalist says, just put everyone in the DOJ in prison at this point. It's the most dangerous and destructive terrorist organization in the country. So that's that's pretty strong. So. Um, and I got some other reaction I'll try to get to as well from Legal Insurrection and from Breitbart. But right now, let's do some news. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on, Mr. Delgado? All right. Well, you know what? I, I did make mention of the, uh, you know, when we're talking about Garland and, and things that the uh, DOJ isn't investigating. I made mention of the Epstein-Ghislaine-Maxwell Black Book. Well, there is some news on that, just breaking it, believe it or not, uh, that linked uh, dozens of documents linked to pedophile Jeffrey Epstein's associates 
will be unsealed after judge rules that the public interest trumps privacy. An interesting interesting use of the word there. Dozens of documents connected to the late pedophile Jeffrey Epstein's associates are going to be released to the general public following a judge's ruling earlier today that the public interest overrides the right to privacy, the Daily Mail has has reported. Unsealing dozens of Jeffrey Epstein's associates-related documents was ordered by Judge Loretta Preska, a senior judge out of the United States District for the Southern District of New York, which kind of interesting considering the location. Judge Prescott ruled that the documents pertaining to eight people could be released despite the, object- despite the objections of Tom Pritzker, a billionaire executive chairman of Hyatt Hotel, stating that doing so would wrongfully affect his privacy and reputation. I, Jeez, I wonder why. Among those names who are mentioned in the documents are Emmy Taylor, Ghislaine Maxwell's former personal assistant, who's also accused of taking part in the abuse of minors. Um, lead counsel... Uh, TGP lead counsel Mark Randazza of Randazza Legal Group um, and co-counsel John Burns moved to intervene in the Glenn Maxwell case in the Southern District of New York. An anonymous John Doe, literally styled by his lawyer as John Doe, filed an objection to unsealing the sex client list. And the court sided with the John Doe over the interests of the press and public to know what happens in one of the most remarkable cases in U.S. history. Today, Judge Loretta Preska's announcement that the materials concerning these eight people should be unsealed despite one subject claiming it could wrongfully wrongfully harm them is a change in that direction. So we'll see how this starts to unfold. Again, this is one of those many things that has been kind of bubbling under the surface, and people have been wondering, well, they got they got Epstein, they arrested him, he unfortunately disappeared, uh, and then they got Maxwell, they got her in jail. What about all the people in the book who are actually doing the crimes? Um, so we'll see if there's any follow-up to this. Another story, now I don't know if you caught this, we didn't actually talk about it on Wednesday when it broke, Uh Dame, do you remember seeing the story about those L.A. sheriff recruits that got run down? They were on a they were on a training in California. Well, it turns out recruits from the sheriff's academy were run down on Wednesday when they, when an SUV came down a street the wrong way and struck about twenty five of them. Five people sustained critical injuries. Those injuries included head trauma, broken bones, and loss of limb. The SUV came to a stop when it struck a light pole, and the driver of that um, SUV, 22-year-old Nicholas Joseph Gutierrez, was found to have a blood alcohol level of of zero and had passed the field sobriety test. Well, now this coming today out of California, where it could only come from California or New York, who uh, that the 22-year-old Gutierrez who is accused of running down that group of police recruits, has been released from jail. Though he's been charged with attempted murder and remains, you know, of course, the the only suspect in the case. According to CNN, despite the charge of attempted murder, Gutierrez was still released from jail just before 10 p.m. last night. The reason? An insufficient complaint. So it sounds like paperwork. Uh, authorities need more time to collect evidence before taking the case to the DA's office for formal charges, they say. A Los Angeles County Sheriff Department spokesman said that uh, Gutierrez was not released because of an arrest error. The spokesperson added that the department has 48 hours to present the case and was not prepared to do so in the situation, though you would think they might be able to hold him until they're ready to make their case. Gutierrez's attorney maintains that the incident was only an accident. Um, accident or not, 
uh, he still ran down 25 people. So a story that could only come out of California. That's that. That's it. I was just going to say, like you just said, it's an only a story that could come out of there. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. What was the reason? Uh, unfinished paperwork. I mean, if if he's charged, if well, he's not officially charged, but um, attempted murder. I mean, you'd think that'd be enough, right? To at least I mean, hold. You would think. Hey, did speaking of California and, and and things coming out of there? Did you see the follow up on? Um, after being told, we were told that um, we, there's no video and no, we're not sure who opened the door at the Pelosi residence. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, now it seems like that's not the case. Oh, really? <laughs> They're still hammering out the details. <laughs> what a surprise. Are you saying that yeah. there's more to this than meets the eye there, Dan? I'm, I, I'm shocked. He opened the door. Of course he really? opened the door. Avon. <laughs> They reported he opened the door, and now the reporter that reported he, re he opened the door has not been seen of or heard of since that report came down. NBC well, has, has kind of put him on ice. Ants is going to have a lot of time now, more, more time. She's, she'll get to the bottom of it. Don't oh, you yeah. worry. So sure. a couple other reactions on Twitter before we'll do Do you have anything more news? Yeah, I got one more. I will right, we'll do that in a second. Jack Posobiec says... Uh, the Biden regime will do anything to stop Trump from running. Now they're going to run Mugabe tactics like a third world dictatorship. The American people will not stand for this lawlessness. Well, half the American people won't stand for it. But unfortunately, the other half will be just all delighted by it. So that's, and that's, and that's part of the problem, of course. Because if it was, I mean, you've already seen them since Republicans take the House. They announce a couple of investigations and they're all up in arms. <laughs> Oh, this is a waste of time. Why don't you focus on what the American people want? Why don't you focus on inflation, you guys? It's all your fault anyways. You know, inflation is going to be the Republicans' fault in about five minutes here after January. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> they're already up in arms about that. But today, they're, they're, they're just enthralled and, and in joyous running over with the appointment of a special counsel into the former president. So, all right, what else is going on in the news? Um, this one kind of just breaking. I just kind of popped open um, because I saw the headline uh, on Revolver, uh, Darren Beatty's site. Uh, turns out Kevin McCarthy could be um, caught up in this FTX thing, believe it or not. Uh, it says here, GOP establishment leader and Speaker of the House pretender Kevin McCarthy used FTX cash to defeat conservatives in 2022 as the corrupt globalist-tied uh, crypto exchange funded the establishment wings of both parties. And we already heard about the, uh, what do you call it? They had that line item called uh, Stop Trump. Uh, now McCarthy's feeling the heat as conservative members of Congress and the voters they're accountable to are demanding answers for the GOP's failed red waves, which looked more like a pink, uh, pink tickle. Millions of dollars worth of campaign money came straight from FTX Exchange and its top executives. Along for the ride of McCarthy's scheme were GOP lobbyist Jeff Miller, it says here, described as one of McCarthy's closest friend, Brian Walsh, an establishment strategist who McCarthy brought in to take down Madison Cawthorn after the young rep blew the whistle on D.C. drug use and Capitol Hill pervert pervert parvies, uh, as they often do. Um, they go after their own. Conveniently for McCarthy and the establishment, the piece wasn't published until after the last GOP's nominating primaries 
had ended. McCarthy and the Post uh, reported in September that the piece held a secret. Of the, I guess that's r- reporting uh, regarding Madison Cawthorn. But FTX, the Post explained, a major donor to both McCarthy's own personal operation and to other groups backing McCarthy's favored candidates. So, man, this FTX thing has more tentacles, I think, than uh, anybody expected. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about it. There's absolutely no doubt about the tentacles and the contagion that's going to come from this. We've barely gotten out of the first inning on this thing, I suspect, and unfortunately, that's not great news. Um, but there, there's, there's nothing that's going to come out of this that's going to surprise me. Who it reaches, both sides of the political aisle, nothing is going to surprise me how it comes out of this. Because again, this guy had inter, had, had weaven himself, woven himself into, he was. I mean, just in everything, in everything, he was the face, supposedly the the uh, MIT baby face in a weird way, face of crypto in Washington, who was supposed to be there to help regulate the industry. And uh, again, Maxine Waters blowing him kisses, the sponsorships, the parties, the deals, yeah. the endorsements, the celebrities, um, and all the time he's running the probably the biggest Ponzi scheme in the history of the of, of the world. And um, I mean, it's it's going to be, it's going to reach. In the end, there's really going to be nothing political probably about this because it's going to reach both sides of the aisle. Right. And it's just going to be a matter of how, how bad it is, and and re- really whether anybody wants wants to get to the truth because. This is where you need an independent person because who's somebody who's not caught up in this that you know is not caught up in it, that can go in because the guy who's there now who's the the guy who did the Enron bankruptcy said this thing is so much worse than that's the worst thing he's ever seen. Right. And, and what's crazy and what's unfortunate too is how it's going to affect the entire crypto industry. You know, because people yeah, are just going to look I don't, at this. I don't, I don't really buy into the whole it's going to set it back because this is not really about the industry. This is about people. This is about humans. This is about greed. No, I this understand is about that. Um, bad people are going to do bad things. In the end, the industry. I think it may shake the faith of earlier, some of the public, though. Right. The people that don't know anything about crypto or they, they hear things. Oh, it's only used by criminals. And so this all they got to do is see the headline and be like, oh, see, I told you. And then they move on because they that's figure, already okay. happened with NFTs right. with all the scams that's uh, gone on. With I've that. seen it in our very own chat rooms that there that this has swayed people away from crypto. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will. There's no doubt about that. But again, you know, the thing about blockchain is everything is on the blockchain. You can audit it. It's all there to be found. And you can do that if you want to do the research, you can go look at the number of addresses and wallets that are holding. Uh, well, in, in relation to Bitcoin, because that's where most people start. The people who are holding some Bitcoin in a wallet, the numbers just continue to go up. I mean, there's there's it, it, I mean, it's going up like a like an incline. It's not like just barely going up. So uh, I hear what you're saying on some things, and I think it will slow some of people down. But the but the overall numbers continue to climb. The industry, I, I think, long term, this does nothing to set back what is going to be uh, a multi-trillion-dollar asset class in the next three to five to ten, to definitely ten years. Um, hopefully, in the end, this what what comes out of it is people understand that they have the ability to hold their own wealth, and they don't need to rely on centralized central figures to do it for them, like the Fed. Live from Studio 6B Odds Makers coming up.
All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad it's been a part of the show. It's been another great week. Again, I want to thank David Sears, Steve Cortez, anybody who joined the show this week. Uh, it's been another great week. Hope you all have a great weekend. We're getting close. Thanksgiving next week. We'll be off, obviously, Thursday, Friday, and then obviously the weekend. So we'll see you Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, next week as you prepare for the holiday. Spend some great family time, I hope, with everybody. Um, and if you're traveling, be safe out there. But we'll see you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, obviously, of next week as well. You know, the other thing, just to put a well, not to put a bow because we're going to be talking about it, but just the other thing, it just, when you look at these midterms, I know everybody wasn't happy, but the fact now that Jim Jordan is going to chair the House Judiciary Committee, I can't tell you how important that's going to become because he's going to be um, putting the DOJ and the FBI right right in his in his oversight crosshairs. And, he, and, he's, and he's going to have to be, well, he's going to have to be a bulldog. He's going to have to be a bulldog because he knows he's going to get stifled and and then not answered. And then so it's going to be um, that's going to be important, important, important for Jim Jordan to be in that in that post over these next two years. So uh, we'll see what happens. But all right, it's time now on a Friday. It can mean only one thing as we close out the show. College football week 12, NFL week 11. It's time for the odds makers. Big D, we're ready to roll. All right, Slick Rick, here we go. Let's set the table. Big D down 15 large. Slick Rick up 20 because five from Paul as well. But we'll figure out my number right now, which I'm trying to eke my way back. Week 12, college football. It's amazing. We're at the end of the college football season, but then we'll have bowls. We're going to pick every bowl game here on the show. Um, so that's coming up. That's always fun. And then obviously NFL, we've got about, well, still half the season, a little less than half the season still to go. So yep. Slick Rick, week 12 college picks. Let's go. Game number one. Where are we going? We've got $2,500 on the line for each game. Two big D, 20000 altogether. We're going to go to, we're going to go to Maryland. Good old Maryland. We're going to go down south. We're going to take the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm going to take them 27 and a half their lane. I think they're going to trounce the Terps. So give me OSU. I'm a road warrior, Big D. Seven out of eight picks this week on the road, starting with OSU. Why do you have to do this to me? Where did my <laughs> wife graduate college from? I know. I think about it every time. <laughs> so now if you win, what do you think the what do you think it's going to be like around this house for her? Ah, uh, well, that's true. Well, it's going to be nothing. It's going to be fine. She's going to tell me to shut up. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm never going right, to get so invited over Christmas dinner. All right, game number one, Ohio State minus 26 and a half. What's game number two? All right, 7 o'clock. We're going to go with Rick's Vols. I'm taking Tennessee on the road against South Carolina. Tennessee laying 21 and a half large, Big D. They're 9 and 1. 22 and a half. 22 and a half? Oh, boy, it's going. All right, no problem. I had 21 and a half. We'll go 22 and a half. They're 9 and 1. They're looking to slip into the playoffs. I think Tennessee comes out strong. So that's my game, too. All right, Tennessee laying 22 and a half. Over South Carolina, six and four South Carolina at home is game number two. All right, Slick Rick, what's game number three? Sticking with the seven o'clock time, Eastern time. I'm going to take the Cowboys, the Oklahoma State Cowboys over Oklahoma, because sooner or later, I'm going to win all these games. And I'll tell you, I'm going to take them with seven and a half on the road. Oklahoma State, give me the Cowboys plus seven and a half. That's plus seven, but Oklahoma State plus the points over Oklahoma in Bedlam. All right, and I got your little sooner joke there. Sooner than later, <laughs> I get right. it. Oklahoma State plus seven over Oklahoma is game number three. That's going to be a shootout, I would figure. So, all right, what's game number four, Slick Rick? Prime time. We're going to go out to Cali, 8 p.m., USC at UCLA. 
USC, two and a half. Uh, give me them laying the two and a half. I think they're going to be the home team anyway. UCLA coming off a bad defeat. I think they're going to be a little angry, but I think the Trojans are going to prevail. So that's it. Give me USC, minus two and a half. Yeah, the loss last week takes a little luster out of this matchup. But, uh, okay, so USC minus two on the road over UCLA is game number four. So that's the four picks in college. Week 12, let's go week 11 in the NFL. Slick Rick, where are we going for game number one? All right, game number one, we're going to go to Hotlanta. We're going down to Atlanta. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears on the road, plus three at 1 p.m. Justin Fields on a fast dome turf. I think he's going to, he's going to have a field day, literally. So Chicago plus three on the road. Fields has been playing well. He's looked like uh, something right out of a game, like he got a joystick to uh, control him. He has been unbelievable the last couple weeks. A lot of offense, a lot of points. Chicago plus the three over Atlanta's game number one. All right, what's game number two? Okay, 1 p.m. They may not have any beer in Qatar, but I'm going to go at Washington and have my Heineken with Heineke because I'm going to take him laying three at Houston. So give me the give me the Washington Commanders minus three on the road at the Texans. <laughs> All right, the five and five Washington Commanders, but Heineke has played well. A bunch of good games. What they beat the Colts, beat the Packers, a bunch of upsets there with Heineke four one and one. His last six, so uh, good pick there. Washington minus three on the road at terrible Houston, 1-7-1 on the year. All right, Slick Rick, what's game number three? All right, 1 p.m., keeping in form with you shaving all these prices off me. Let's go to Gillette. uh, Everything's two, and it's two and a half. You give me a little shave here and there. So I'm going to go to Gillette (laughs) Stadium in New England, and I'm taking the Patriots at home, my only home team. I went back and forth, Jets, Patriots, I don't know. But I'm going to go with the Pats. I think Bill's going to figure it out. Jets, I don't know. I I think they they, they meet their, uh, their, uh, what do you say, uh, their pumpkin, if you will, for Cinderella. Minus three, Patriots laying. Give Give me the Pats. Well, the Pats have owned the Jets in this matchup, so that's not a, that's an easy pick. 7-0-1, their last eight. Uh, New England has owned the Jets in all matchups earlier this year. They came down to get a live stadium, as you say, and they beat them there. So you would think they've got a pretty good chance of beating them at home. It's going to be cold. Uh, all right, what's game number four, Slick Rick? You know, I go with the primetime game. Are you ready for some football? And I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. All my friends on Getter, so many Chief fans. They love Mahomes. They love Reed. Chiefs are looking good. I think they're the best team in the AFC, if not in the league right now. Give me the Chiefs. Lane five and a half. I think they're still going to be the home team in SoFi as they go out to take on Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. So, Chiefs, five and a half, minus five and a half. You're going to shave me on that, too? <laughs> Chiefs. Chiefs minus five and a half over the Chargers. That's fine. I I don't think there's any way Kansas City can win that game. Mahomes, as you say, is still the dominant player in the league, but he's been very careless this year. He has not been Mahomes-like. And if you look at the history of these two teams, they play very close games. That game opened seven and has now moved down to five and a half. So a lot of money coming in on the other side, Slick Rick. So in that respect, you might be on the right side, but I like the Chargers in that game. So I'm I'm good with that pick. So, all right, there's your... uh, there's your four picks from Slick Rick. So college four, NFL four, that's odds makers for a Friday. All right, Slick Rick, we'll see how you do. Very good. We'll see uh, come Monday if I'm back to zero. I got a good <laughs> feeling I'm going to be very close to zero. I got a very good feeling about this. So I don't want to be wow. a road warrior or I could be a road kill. So let's hope I'm not a road kill. <laughs> exactly right. So. Uh, what do we have? What do we have, G, an LOL? Yep. LOL the day. Roll it.
Yesterday was an emotional day. Uh, Speaker Pelosi has been the most consequential leader in my lifetime. Uh, she is a brilliant woman, an incredible strategist, someone with very uh, profound compassion, uh, someone who who leads us in a way that is about the children. You know, her mantra was it's for the children. But I think the, the most important <laughs> aspect of Speaker Pelosi's leadership, aside from just how incredibly impressive her accomplishments have been, I will never forget, and I hope the history books write this down, um, she, during our darkest hour on January 6th, oh it was Speaker Pelosi who led our nation out of that darkness. She was the patriot that our nation needed, especially <laughs> in that moment. Um, she really is, in my view, uh, an American hero that is unrivaled. <laughs> she said that with a straight face. She did. Come on. She said it with a straight face. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's me. that I think I'm living on an alternative planet, and I actually don't realize it sometimes, I think. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is what I said yesterday. The rewriting of of this woman's demeanor and this woman's um, tactics and her, I mean, oh my God, please, God almighty. That is just. <laughs> oh, LOL there. My guess it is. All right, uh, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs. Thanks everybody on the show. Thanks, Chief. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B audience for another great week. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next Monday, 8 p.m. right here at Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B.